for um, I'm into like colors. And it's right. gonna sound very weird. No, but no, I'm not really at all, man. Not at all. As in, like, literally colors. And yeah. I'm thinking of a very particular. Damn, what's this TV show with where this um, woman? She's like a nurse or whatever, psychiatrist, and she. It was during like the lobotomy era. She was basically mm-hmm. killing patients. Nah, she's got a lisp. It's a TV show. I, I forgot it's no I don't really. I'm not a shows type yeah. of person. Bro, the colors was fucking. Is it like American Horror Story or something? It's. It's it's horror, but it's not like American. It's I think it was yeah. just one season, bro. It was the colors, it was ridiculous, bro. Mad. When you say it colors, what do you mean by that? Do you mean like the lenses used? Do you mean like the colors no? I mean the literally the colors, like in every scene, in every scene, really bright colors, like everything just Fair. color coordination. Like they're using green. It's just yeah. gonna be green everything. Are you a type of person who's like mm. you associate colors with like a certain exactly. experience or a set? Because like yeah. for example, like Frank Ocean. Mm. Um, I know, like, you know his album, Channel Orange? Yeah, yeah. Apparently he has this, I don't know what the condition is called, it's not a bad condition or anything, but, like, he just associates certain colours with, like, experiences or scents in their lives. And it just really res- I find it really interesting, because, like, yeah. for me, I just appreciate colours as they are. Mm. But for you, it might be something different, like... Yeah. How did colours um, affect the way you watched that movie, did, did, like, in terms yeah. of the plot, the story? Like, what, what, what was what was the, the personal effects you had with it? It just keeps me, I don't know, engaged, and I just yeah. feel good watching it. Exactly. Cause it just it just looks so good. Visually, I can't explain it. it's yeah. visually aesthetic. It's like, it's like just wow. It's okay. just beautiful. Yeah. I can't explain the feeling, but it definitely makes me feel like a certain type. I think of I think the use of colors in, in in movies or just visual arts in general is fascinating. Mm. I mean, 100%. like like the, the even just like uh, the reason why I mentioned lens, a certain lens that you use can can display a certain type of emotion you want to yeah. put mm. to the setting. Like you can have like Christopher Nolan. Exactly, Christopher yeah. Nolan. I think Denny Villeneuve is really good with that. Yeah. We were talking yeah. about this a exactly. few days ago, right? Blade exactly. Runner. Blade, Blade, Blade Runner is one of the most Blade. aesthetically pleasing movies that you can ever oh have. Oh, God. The thing is, like, it's just... <laughs> well, before we go into Denny Villeneuve, like, we have to talk about Roger Deakins. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because Deakins, he's the cinematographer for many incredible films, not just Villeneuve. He's got, like, 15 Oscar nominations mm-hmm. or something. But I think he is genuinely, like, the GOAT, like, cinematographer because he's so good. He doesn't have just his own unique style, like a Christopher Doyle or something. Like, yeah, he can like amend his style for whatever film mm-hmm. or whatever requirement that the director gives him. Mm. That, that that's what makes him such an incredible cinematographer. Because a lot of people they just put their own style into every single film, do the same thing. But he can adapt it to suit the mood and the atmosphere of every single film. Or even like within a film, different shots because he conveys like different moods and all that. So yeah. That's incredible. No, it's, yeah. it's 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 fascinating to me. I mean, uh, that the, the movie I was thinking of with colors was actually um, it's a, a movie that doesn't really have that many colors. Have you guys seen Arrival by any chance? Arrival, um, yes. Yeah. Arrival, Arrival Wait. uses um, organic natural color in it almost does. all their lenses. Uh, it, it's it's not. It's I don't know where you could stream that movie, but yeah. uh, it's, it's one of his. Um, I think it's the it's the last one he did before, before uh, Blade Runner. Runner. Yeah, and Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like twenty. 16 something like Ish. that yeah I, I don't I don't remember the, 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 the name rings the bell like, I'm, I'm trying to remember the actor's name it's Jer- uh, Jeremy Renner Jeremy Renner and, and Amy Adams, Adams yeah. yeah yeah. I've seen the movie of those two I'm trying to like yeah. I think I probably have it's, seen it's, it. there's a ship that comes in from space and yeah. uh, they, they, they're trying to decode the language so that they can talk and like the entire movie is basically like, a translation yeah. film like how do you how, how do people from different countries worlds yeah. essentially communicate Wait, with each other is it the one decode each other's languages oh shit is it the one nah I'm thinking of a different movie. You should watch it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic <laughs> yeah, film. Yeah. But uh, the reason oh, why yeah, I brought I that up it. is yeah, I have. I remember it now. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, the reason why I brought that up is um, it's it's 
it doesn't really use any colors mm. in the in the traditional sense where you like sometimes you have a scene lit slightly dim slightly dark. It's it's just all or either organic natural colors or yeah. very harsh white light. Very harsh white, exactly. And that, that was what that, that was what really struck me about mm. this. Like mm. the one thing I remember about this film, which is great that you brought up colors, because for me, like the film, I wouldn't say it's a very action packed film. There's okay. like okay, the the twist was incredible. Yeah. Obviously, it one of my favorite twists mm. of like recent films. But like, what strikes me is that scene where they communicate with. Oh yeah. It's not really a spoiler yeah, because it happens yeah. quite early yeah. on. Mm. But that scene where they communicate for the first time is mm. just completely. It's a monochromatic mm. uh, type of palette, and that was such a cool representation of the dystopian world exactly. of interaction with the extraterrestrial. Mm. Yeah. So colors, hundred percent, strike yeah. me a lot. And another thing as well, it's like sound, or in certain, in the case of certain movies, the yeah. lack thereof. Because yeah. like the lack thereof, yeah, okay. silence. Because for like a, yeah, for like a lot of movies, like you need a lot of sound to you know yeah. like to emphasize the little details. Of course, yeah. You know, just to bring it to life. Whereas for certain movies, like when there isn't any sound at all, it means you have to really focus because it's going to be like a lot of things going on exactly at once, and you have to really try to figure out. Yeah. That's how suspense is built. That's why I really love like movies of suspense because yeah. sometimes they don't even do anything. It's like the character will just be standing there, but that one look the camera will just tell you everything exactly. that you need to know exactly. it's like very little things like a 10 second I don't know like shot zooming into like a wall mm. and out of it just tells you gets you thinking because yeah. then it's like what was the purpose of that shot yeah like, like they're directing your focus mm. trying to get you to like engage with the movie in a way so you're not just watching it you're like consuming it and you're like a part of it to me that is just like insane and you know when the sound comes on and or off that it's also just yeah. You, you mentioned suspense, and I think that is the best use of silence in films. I think yeah. if you if you if you're trying to build something up, when you have that like you know, like I, the way I'm imagining it is, you have this abrasive soundtrack, something is building, something is building, and then it just bubbles over and it goes yeah. into silence. And then in that silence, you have you, you see a few shots. Mm. You, you see shots that like kind of indicate what's gonna happen right ne- like right after. Exactly. But you know <laughs> the silence is what builds it up. You, like, you know mm. what's what. Coming to my well, not a particular movie, but a genre like horror movies. Yeah, you know how they'll be yeah. chasing the yeah. main characters, and, <laughs> and, and they just look at it right. Yeah, and boom. No. all these tropes in horror <laughs> films. No, but to be fair, now that you mentioned silence in horror films, like mm. I'm gonna talk about a very mainstream one, but a quiet place. I think. Oh, I think was yeah, fucking yeah. fantastic for a directorial debut. Exactly. That is honestly incredible. And a guy who's like who does comedies for a yeah. living, John, John Krasinski. Krasinski. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. That was. That was an experience. I've, I've seen the second one as well. Um, I've seen. I don't uh, think it was as good. Yeah, it as wasn't as good. It really wasn't. Because they were just dragging out the story. Yeah, just I agree. It. I think the f- it, it was good as a one-off type yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um. But that yeah, the use of silence in that film was incredible. Mm. There wasn't any music whatsoever. Like that was phenomenal. That was such a great idea. The, the acting was also incredible. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. That 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 child female actor. I don't remember yes. her name, but the 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 deaf girl. Yeah. Mm incredible man like, yeah. like I've, I've never seen a performance that vivid from a child like, she was phenomenal yeah. her and Emily Blunt I think um, incredible chemistry as yeah. well yeah, I think sure. if you talk about that movie you have to talk about Bird Box I, 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 I also it. haven't it's watched Bird Box I won't lie you guys haven't I have not watched I, I remember. Redbox. I remember when that entire hype train was running well, it just didn't it really during, appeal like, to me uh, COVID yeah, 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 yeah. the thing is I watched it before the hype train even though there's like a lot of hype I think you guys should watch it really because those movies are just very similar to me one it's about sound the other it's about vision vision yeah, yeah. 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 I don't yeah. know it's a really good movie I recommend it how was it shot like for the loss of vision how did it communicate it was it like so shit I don't think so there wasn't any. So basically, you can't like make eye contact with the um. With the, the creatures. creatures, okay. Because okay. okay. yeah, 
because if you see them oh yeah you go crazy basically visually uh, what did they do to um convey that was it just yeah. kind of like um um well it's like it's, it's more of a third person yeah type of, basically okay. it was third, shot from okay. someone else's perspective third, okay. and it was very clear that they saw something that drove drove them crazy okay and uh, everyone was just going mad and then they were like, okay i think we need to basically learn how to see without yeah. actually using mm-hmm. our eyes did they try to do anything to like obstruct the they did some really crazy shit like yeah. towards the end they were like using like fuck um cameras to to like see so like the guy would be like in in the in the room and then okay. having all these cameras everywhere directing the characters to where to go and then oh, they had to use all, all their senses but their sight to get to where they need to be That's it's like using all these alternatives to yeah like, you know just showing how when you lose one sense you have to rely on Rather the other one amplify the others basically and it, it's pretty good fair yeah so I was thinking they might use like some POV shots where they convey like completely POV shots are really hard to mm. shoot I feel they are in, 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 in movies where especially it's uh, like action packed I can understand yeah but it, it, even even with action packed movies the P- POVs especially the shaky cam is, is, is it's a hit and miss do you know do you know why they use shaky cams for a lot of action films why is it? it's because they haven't properly choreographed their action yeah pieces. so it makes yeah. it seem like it yeah. makes it seem like there's a lot of like mm. action going on there's mm. a lot of movement and dynamism there's or whatnot the way I see I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting. No, 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 of course. Go the for way it. I see it is, if it's not one take, yeah, then it's probably going to be shit. That's why, <laughs> really, when it comes to action, Fair. like, Chinese movies, like they're on a different le- level. Like, fucking Jackie Chan's one shot, <laughs> his one take scenes, literally yeah. the camera will move from there to there, and he'd literally just be fighting. Like, no breaks, no cuts, nothing. If it's not that, then yeah. I just know it's gonna, probably going to be, like, incredibly choreographed and requires, like, a hundred shots. So I don't really, like, yeah. care and about that because I know because it's Hollywood they're not really going to be like martial art experts exactly. so it's like yeah so I know actually Jackie Chan is like hated in Hong Kong he yeah he absolutely oh, is yes. absolutely um, hated and who else them Donny uh, oh, Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen isn't as he's not as like, hated but like, like Jackie Chan's like top five most hated <laughs> people in Hong Kong because he's Anyways, moving on. <laughs> That's why I'm not. I'm not really gonna build on Jackie Chan. I don't really well, want to no, talk we, about we, we all love Jackie Chan here. But I mean, it's, it's <laughs> just, my dad. It is what it is. Exactly yeah. Uh, but that's that's also a good place to introduce the uh, podcast again. Welcome to the first, the second ever episode of Snowflake Sundays. I keep saying first. I don't know why. It's a, it's a that second always feels one like the first now. time. Exactly. It feels like the first time. time. Exactly. Like yeah, every time I, I do this, I think, "Ooh, the podcast," and I've done this before. But no, the, the, this episode we're trying to navigate through the art and cinematography, and for that we have our first ever guest, Toby Chan, who himself is quite knowledgeable in the field. He has his own Instagram page, Curated Films, yeah. which, by the way, is incredible. Is Please do right check now. it out, and yeah. I'm gonna give him the mic to pr- pr- promo that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the way well, I wouldn't say I'm like a phenomenal expert. Like, I'm not just trying to like underplay myself. But, like, yeah, but I know everything. <laughs> <laughs> I just really like movies and all that. I really like films. And for me, the reason why I decided to open this account was really just to document my thoughts mm-hmm. and my feelings about films and all that. And uh, like, I, didn't, I never really tried to promote it because it mainly is for personal collection, just to mm-hmm. document my perspective on these movies when I saw them at a particular age so that I could look back at it in a couple of years' time, try to see if I have a different perspective or not. But um, yeah, I'm glad like people like you have found it interesting and you know took some, some some took something away from it. Appreciate that. It was for um, that exact reason that I wanted to bring you on. You mentioned um, to look back on it in a few years. So the way I visualized that page is, it almost seemed like to me that it was a diary that you were building upon. Yeah. You were almost 
creating like this collection of work that you can look back on in the future and like almost look at and see this is what I thought now what do I think then this exactly. is the, like how has this evolved at, how, as I've evolved as a person has my have I changed as what I liked about it changed what I disliked about it changed exactly which I mean it, it's it's the beauty I see in visual arts especially yeah. film for in particular there's there's so many movies that like I'm sure all of us like personal favorites that we watch yeah. six seven times yeah. and each time we watch that regardless yeah. of what you say like you know the story you know what's gonna happen yeah. but you pick out something different you learn something different you 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 yeah. understand something different yeah. that you didn't see before and like yeah and th- there, there there has to be a beauty in that there's there's art in that and like that's what I wanted to bring to the forefront with this episode uh, we've we've talked quite a bit about what Bruce Bruce Lee Jackie Chan Jackie Chan yeah. uh, sound I, I wanted to come back to sound mm. actually yeah. um, okay. How has sound impacted to you guys in general? It can be any movie. How has how has sound impacted the quality of the story being told? As like, are there any you mean standout that introduction examples of sound? Seen? Yeah, no. Like, so, uh, it can be a soundtrack. Oh. It can be like a visual. It, like, it's, it's anything that like that sta- stands I mean, out to you with, with the application of sound. Mm. Where do we start? I mean, it depends. Obviously, for sounds like there's music, there's sound effects, there's well, there's like so many different things. But, I mean, we were talking about this the other day, but mm. I think music and film is a good place to start because it kind of mm. blends two creative mediums together. Mm. Not saying sound effects aren't a creative medium. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I mean, we have yeah. the Stormtrooper sound effect from that. <laughs> that. That will forever synonymously be known with Star Wars. Exactly. It's everywhere. So, so there, there is, a, there is exactly. an art in that, of course. But music, I think it's something that's more accessible mm. to a lot of people. And, like, music for mm. me, it conveys a character's mood so well. Yeah. I think it's like... There's like scenes where there's a scene in a Hong Kong film called Fallen Angels. Um, basically, what happened was um, this guy was telling the girl he's seeing that he's no longer. This is a Wong. Uh, a Wong Kar Wai film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have to talk about have Wong Kar Wai. I'm a Hong Konger, so like he is like <laughs> literally one of the greatest. Uh, he's the Scorsese of Hong Kong. Uh, yeah. No. He basically. Yeah. Is. I need to watch a couple of his movies then. I need um, some recommendations after. Yeah, I will probably talk about him quite substantially okay. because like, I know his. Uh, <laughs> His Uber, like, yeah, like a back of my hand. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's this one scene where he just, the guy tells the girl his message by telling her to put a coin in this song machine, mm-hmm. play her a song, and she, he just plays the entire song for four minutes. And mm-hmm. just by listening to the lyrics, the girl understood everything. It's just stuff like that, that music's just such a creative blend between two different mediums. It's beautiful how it uh, tra- transmits a message and whatnot. What do you think about, like, music and films and whatnot? Or music or just sound in general? I mean, sound in general, yeah. Well, for me, like, one of the most important things, I think, is, like, you know in movies where they have to use, like, a lot of special effects to get, like, certain, you know, weird aims and stuff? It's, like, having to do that, but then find the right sound to convey, you know, the feelings, emotions, thoughts of that alien, to me, is a work of art. Yeah. Because the perfect example of how not to do it is Power Rangers. Power Rangers, okay. Oh, bro, like okay. the the bad guys, like the sound never matches what they look like. <laughs> You're like, there's no way that you sound your voice is that squeaky. <laughs> this big, weird, gooey alien just sounds like a little four year old. Yeah. But it's like having the right combination of sounds to apply to like different scenarios, different characters, right. or different aliens, whatever. Yeah. To me, it's like really important. And the people that do it, they're geniuses, in my opinion. You, you mentioned the, you, the, so the, the one you mentioned was music and film, right? Yeah. So using a jukebox or a song machine to kind of play a song and uh, translate emotion yeah. that way. Uh, the, the thing I was thinking of with sound was more like the soundtrack itself, like the people who compose the soundtracks yeah. for movies. Hans Zimmer. Uh, Hans, Hans Zimmer, Zimmer yeah, I mean, Hans Zimmer's <laughs> the GOAT. But okay. the, just in general, I, recently, I don't know why, but like 
abrasive sounds really to in my in my opinion mm. help susp- with suspense or like not, not yeah. just suspense but even just with the plot create tension exactly yeah like like these like like sounds you wouldn't really like expect from instruments but they're just like very abrasive to the point yeah. and like kind of cut you off and make you feel like like I'll, I'll use dune as an example dune of course the soundtrack yeah. in that movie Incredible. honestly is is, yep. is one of the most incredible things I've, I've watched this like this video as well where um yeah he goes into how he made he made, he made the uh, soundtrack and like the instruments he uses are like 16th century uh, violins from this country. I think that we have, watched like, that yeah, video. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's mm. it's it's in, it's so fascinating as to how it, it, there's so much that goes into making mm. one of those pieces. Is what I, is exactly. what I'm trying to say. Like yeah. uh, th- these are these these are quite literally the modern day equivalents of what Beethoven used to do back th- back in the day, because he he used to compose Basically. music for plays essentially, and this yeah. is the exact same thing. We have composers yeah. who are making these soundtracks to, to accompany accentuate yeah. an actual story. Exactly. And uh, that, that's that's what I wanted to segue into as well. Like that. What what is it that you guys recognize in in sound in films like the, the, the fa- favorite favorite compo- comp- compositions you've heard stuff like that anything anything that stands I mean, out in particular why did it stand out I'm a basic bitch when it comes to this but at the same time okay. I'm not because I have this song on my playlist so right. before I say it just know it's a very basic song but it's my favorite and it's um, time time um, by Hans Zimmer yeah. okay yeah and Inception yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a very true. basic song but it's like it just explains. My it, it, that song knows me better than I know myself. Like whenever I listen yeah. to it, it's like I just picture like all these, like this different realm universe, and it's just yeah. me fucking staring out into space, looking at fucking the planets. Yeah, you're the main character, mate. You're the main you know, character. This, I don't know. It's <laughs> like the sound is just so. It's perfect. It's so like, vivid. Yeah. Like all the emotions it inspires is just crazy. Yeah. I just love it. Yeah. Hundred percent. And it's like, I mean. Um, I feel I'm about to cut you off. I'll just keep. Oh no, 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 man! Continue, bro. Continue. I think that's what makes um, I don't know Hollywood movies like so good in yeah. a way. It's because if you think about it, in, in order to make a movie, it's like baking or cooking. Like, mm. it's like there's like steps to ingredients, yeah. and sound is one of the ingredients. One of the so most essential like ingredients. Exactly. Well, yeah. So it's vision. So it's getting the right actors. Yes. So what like Hollywood movies and like big budget tend to do is they because they have the budget for it. They make sure to get the best of the best. Yeah. So if you have like you know Hans Zimmer, and Leo DiCaprio, okay, and then I don't know fucking um, Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan's like his camera technique, okay, all in one movie, you know you're in for yeah. something crazy, you know. Fair, fair. It's, it's just bringing the best of everything together to, to bake that perfect cake. And that's what Inception was. Inception, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. You mentioned um, Christopher Nolan. You mentioned his um, filming technique. You know Oppenheimer. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're, it's going to be the first time that IMAX cameras are used for black and white frames. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, I, I literally they, watched the video. They, 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 that, that's, that's so cool <laughs> to me. Like, like he had, he had to quite literally work with engineers to build to a build, yeah, camera exactly. that already existed with a past model and integrate the two of them together just mm. for. That's a so few interesting, scenes. isn't it? Like yeah. blending like the most futuristic, newest technology with like with classic, classic olden day thing, like exactly. making it look mm. like what it, it looked like in that yeah. time, but with the crispest quality that you can possibly Basically. get in a camera. That's just what Nolan is. Like he is a perfectionist. It's it's innovation I mean? meeting art, which exactly. which, is, which is always like an incredible yeah. set. Like he's always been this type of guy. Like even for Interstellar, it was like one of the most scientifically like accurate space mm. movies ever created yeah. and all that. And then in Tenet, he literally bought an empty plane to crash. I, it I feel I feel like Tenet's overhated, man. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I, 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 the first time I watched that movie, I wasn't really the biggest fan. But yeah. like rewatching it, I. I really like the um the 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 wo- the woman's arc in in that movie the the mother 
Right. The, her her story is what I feel like like was actually the central part of that story. Like like right. like you don't really see it at first, but you see her kind of kind of jumping off the the, the boat at the start of the movie. Uh-huh. You see her jumping off the boat at the end of the movie. You yeah. see him protecting her and the kid at the end of the movie. Yeah. Like that, I feel like she was actually the central piece that like kept that story going. Like sure, the, yeah. Because she was also the connecting piece between the the, the Russian oligarchy. I don't remember his name. Of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Terrible Russian accent. Oh, it yeah. was so bad. Man. Terrible. He's so a British bad. guy. He, he's he's a, such a good actor as yeah, well. Yeah, he's a great actor. But yeah, Elizabeth Debicki, I think, Elizabeth was the one Debicki. who played. Um, yeah, she's also mother. in The Crown, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think yeah. I've seen more than the first ten minutes of that movie, though. I didn't know why. To be fair, that first ten minutes. Literally, the scene at the start. That's Ooh, where I with stopped. The, like, it was Yeah, the opera house. Exactly. It was amazing, though. That's literally where I stopped, bro. I watched that scene, the first ten minutes, like five times. That didn't hook you. Reason? No. No, really? it's not that. I don't know what was going on at the time. I just didn't, couldn't make time to watch okay. it. Yeah. And because yeah. so much time has gone by, it's like... You can't really be bothered to pick it exactly. up again. Yeah. But I mean, sound in that film, I mm. think, was its best and worst feature. In yeah, I agree. It was obviously... The sound effects were incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, all of the... Especially when they were going back in time and all of that, all that shit. Um, that was incredible. But at the same time, you couldn't make out the dialogue. Mm-hmm. I think that was the worst part of it because like they were wearing what helmets or what. Yeah, for a and lot of the when they were talking in like backwards in time as well, like like th- th- there was no cohesive like exactly connection with the sound. I feel yeah, mm. which also is very prevalent in the Batman, the new um, yes. Matt Reeves Batman. Matt Reeves, but, yeah, yeah, visually stunning. Again, the say, color color yeah, is bro, used there, fantastic. Bro, don't get exactly. me started on that. Movie. Visually stunning, but Mate, oh my I love that god, film. I love that because I saw the Batman like last year, so it's mm-hmm. like. Something tells me this is going to be even better than that one. So it's like, yeah, I don't but know, it's like, it's it's I don't know. The the reason why I brought that up is because the sound in that movie is the exact same thing. Like the the soundtrack is so loud that you cannot hear what the characters are saying at any point. It's time. overwhelming. Exactly. exactly. Um, the worst thing is like to, to communicate what's going on with your viewers mm-hmm. is actually like it's something that's really important. Mm-hmm. And like the fact that Nolan kind of like he fucked around with audio so much. Yeah. And he was being such a perfectionist with getting all the right sound effects that he mm-hmm. forgot the most essential part. Which is the dialogue. Which is the dialogue. Like, the audience couldn't understand what's going on. And it was already a very complicated concept. Exactly. So, like, I think that was a fatal flaw of the film. I love the idea. I love the visuals. I love most of it. But mm. the fact that it failed at its most basic requirement, yeah. I think that's... And it was, it was really also, too, it, like, if, if, if you're t- looking at the average consumer of, like, a, someone who's going to go to a t- theater to watch something that's visually stunning, yeah. they're in there to, you know, watch something and be like, wow, this is cool. Not go in there and, like, have to think for two hours a- after yeah. the movie or, like, five hours after the movie. Like, how does that even make sense? Yeah, you know, watch, like, you ten back. YouTube videos yeah, about exactly, to try and explain quantum it, physics like, or whatnot. Exactly. Like, it, it's... Nolan's incredibly good at conveying convoluted ideas. Yeah. But I, this one was a step too far, and I, I'm, 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 I'm glad. I'm glad he's kind of reverting back. And he's going back to basic. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like at least it seems like it. It you seems like know. it. You, you never know. know. With, you never know with Nolan. Uh, but I, I mean, mean, yeah. I think so. From what I've heard, it's supposed to be historically accurate, at least. Like slightly historically slightly. accurate. Yeah. I mean, Dunkirk was. I don't know if you've seen Dunkirk. Dun- yeah. 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 Again, um, incredible movie. But he also tried to like. Tried to make some time time jumps and like yeah yeah. He tried to do, do that shit in like a World War Two film. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it doesn't really so work. So that's just no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. He tried to make like three. If, I don't know if you've seen that film. He tried to make like three timelines from like Again, air, <coughs> water, land, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Tried to make all of them to convey how all of them. Yeah, but I saw like yeah. videos of it though. Like 
like the way like the planes were like the shot from the oh I think that was yeah. a really good shot. incredible yeah Tom Hardy played the pilot who yeah. I thought conveyed uh, emotions so well with like because you could only see his eyes mm. rogue opinion I want him to be the next James Bond that's very, very interesting like I'd very interesting. Tom Hardy I'm trying to see if I can he, he would be such a unique James Bond man like he's not yeah. the, the stereotypical very suave ja- yeah, yeah exactly but like I feel like that could like it, it could bring a twist into an other otherwise like massive franchise very, yeah. like very pretty much the same lead <laughs> white male play it although yeah. no, to be fair Idris Elba would be incredible as well oh 100% oh. 100% I, I'm trying to picture I feel like Tom Hardy would be like what's his name Roy Roy Kent yeah <laughs> Roy, you, you watch like Ted Roy Lasso. Kent and Ted Lasso that's literally yeah. what I'm picturing yeah you're right, James Bond. Fuck you. <laughs> With my fucking car. Like, <laughs> no, and, uh, t- talking about Tom Hardy, he's he, you know he's a jiu-jitsu guy now. He, he, he's, he? he's been he's been going yeah, into a lot of Yeah, videos, see, I think I've seen it on Instagram. Yeah, dude, he's a very big guy. He's, he's done that competition. Quite good as well, man. Yeah. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg's doing the same thing, by the way. Which what the like? Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. He's, like, he's entering nah. jiu-jitsu tournaments. Unless he puts on ten pounds, I can't picture him. Like, actually I guess really I guess he's a bit worried. Andrew Garfield might come back. Great film, by the way. Social Network, incredible film. David Fincher, of course, another incredible director. But yeah, no. What's in the box? Sorry, that was, that was I'm not going to lie, very controversial opinion, but I really, I don't really like Brad Pitt's acting in that film, or in general, to be honest. You don't like him? I don't think Brad Pitt is a great... He's not a subtle actor. Yeah, I don't think Brad Pitt conveys emotions very well. That's my personal opinion. He picks roles incredibly well. He's part of, like, a lot of incredible films. The problem is, for me, I'm kind of, I think it's because, um, growing up, like, I started watching that movies in the era of, you know, Brad Pitt. Yeah. DiCaprio, Bradley Cooper, like all these big guys. So I think I was a bit too biased when it came to him. Yeah. So I had to see his acting was good because he was the top guy. Yeah. Him and shit, who else? You know, like Johnny Depp. I mean, Johnny Depp's Johnny a great Depp, actor, yeah. but he, he kind of does play the same character in every movie. I think ever since Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. he has been typecast as that just like weird, has, yeah. weird, funny okay. guy. Um, but yeah. I mean, I, uh, to be fair, I think one of Johnny Depp's most underrated performances is uh, Willy Wonka. He, he, he really? to me was an incredible underrated. I think he, he I think got his flowers for that. Yeah. Yeah. Rather properly, I think he got his. Yeah. Never mind. I, I, I've, made, made, I've just I've never heard enough about that. No, movie. but no Charlie the Chocolate Factory is like that was a really okay. good. Yeah. Okay. I should have thought you a bit fucked to watch as a kid. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy. <laughs> it's kind of like those Disney movies. Like when you yeah. pick up stuff like you didn't see as a child and exactly on oh, Disney yeah, yeah. Yeah. animators yeah. animators in Disney studios they knew what they were so doing. many innuendos in there for the, uh, right, for the adult audiences now, it feels so weird it, like, like the shit they say like I can understand why they do that as well because yeah. I mean if, if if you're going to take your kid to watch a movie you want you, the adults. you want to, you want them to also enjoy have like yeah. a little bit of a laugh mm, a snicker yeah. like aha okay cool yeah. there's yeah. my kid doesn't understand that but I do kind of yeah. <laughs> but no the talking about um Brad Pitt what what is it that you you said I think he's meant by that. The way he conveys emotions. Okay. I don't think he's he's very good at emoting and expressing. Mm-hmm. So if he plays a role which requires a lot of like emotional expression or like an outburst or something, he plays the you know the stoic, cool bro leading man mm-hmm. or whatnot. He plays it very well. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like a very emotional scene like the ending in Seven, which isn't a spoiler. I mean Seven's a very famous film. Mm-hmm. That 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 scene always creases me. It like, does. It no, the, the acting is. He was like, what's I mean, <laughs> like you have you have you have Kevin Spacey and like, Morgan Freeman like <laughs> acting their asses off, and you exactly. have this guy just shouting and like kind of look like. It, like it, a, it, it was a bit off putting. I agree, but you mentioned yeah. stoic, and I think I think 
that is the best type of act. Like I feel like I, there's some actors you know that are just yeah. are destined for specific roles. Brad Pitt is one of those actors. Ryan Gosling, I would pull out. Oh. Yeah. Um, and that links us back to Blade Runner 2049 yeah, okay, and Blade Runner. I mean, we have to talk about <laughs> this film. I, it is my opinion that it is like probably one of the most beautifully crafted films of the last decade, if mm. not longer. Mm. It is like every single shot of that film, you could just freeze the frame and then put it on a poster. It's just Absolutely. that beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. If you, now that you put it that way, it's like I'm trying to picture it. Yeah, and it's a I long ass film as well. Sale. It's literally what it's almost like, three hours long. There's there's one particular the the ending. I'm not gonna spoil it, but yeah. when when they're in that like river waterfall area, yes. and, like that they have the two ships like they're on that to me every single shot, not even shot, but like millisecond of a shot Frame. Yeah, yeah. is just so beautifully done. Where it, the, the water li- like that's the most realistic representation of water I've seen that's been done in like no CG that movie was different. It's like going into it, I d- I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I mean, I knew that technology had come a long way, blah blah blah, and it was quite yeah. advanced, but the way it was executed, it's like, it looked so, so realistic. It's like, it genuinely looked futuristic. Yeah, exactly. It's like they filmed it in the future and then just sent it back Set to it back. Exactly, yeah. It was, it, like, it was the most perfect representation of a dystopian world, yeah. I'd say. It was crazy. Incredible film. You know what? Um, very popular opinion, Nicolas Cage is the greatest actor in history. Explain, because I, 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 I'm going to counter that immediately, but I'm going to give you a chance to stand your ground. He's just explain. amazing, bro. He can do it all. He Very can do it all. What can he do? Everything. He can scream. He can shout. He can let it all out. <laughs> he can scream. He can shout. He can let it out. <laughs> and he did have a good run in the 90s. Um, but, have you guys um, watched Con Air? Yeah. yeah, yeah and uh, National Treasure. National Treasure. Yeah. He's, I don't know if he's a, he's, he's the greatest actor of all time, I'm but he's I'm not the GOAT. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen Ghost Rider? <laughs> um, but no, that guy is one of the most interesting people, like interesting yeah. actors out there. Like him, him and Brendan yeah. Fraser. I'm, I'm glad Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser, back. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna no, lie. I still not seen the whale. The whale was unwatchable, man. Like, like it was, when I say, when I say unwatchable, like it's so right. the acting is incredible. Like the the, the movie is really like, but it's unwatchable because it's genuinely that heart wrenching. Like I watched yeah. that and I think like when 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 the daughter was Sadie, um, I can't remember her name. Uh, Sadie Sink or something. Sadie something. Sadie Sink. Oh, Sadie Sink. Yeah, Sink. Yeah, Sink. Yeah. And she she's also incredible actress. Like there, there's this particular scene in the movie where um, Brendan Fraser as the dad is arguing with Sadie as the daughter, and um, the daughter essentially is like, I'm 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 running my own life. You can't even get off the sofa. Like you can't really do anything. Right? You're, you're never really a part of my life. And then he's like, No, but I really want to be. The the the, the emotional gut wrenching parts yeah. of that movie is uh, is so off putting. I mean, especially like not even just the relationship with the daughter, but like just the just the way that they portray obesity at that level mm. makes you want to cry and just like curl up and not ever see that again like that's not a movie you can ever rewatch. watch yeah that's what separates a good actor from a great actor like a yeah. good actor will make you enjoy the movie but a great actor will make you feel the it movie. immerses you in the yeah. experience makes and you feel that, that, that movie is actually a fascinating piece I'm, I'm glad it got its flowers at um the, the recent yeah, awards itself won, yeah, um, even though I don't really I don't really think anyone really cares about these the awards anymore it's just, it's just yeah, genuinely it's a meme but no, like the, that that movie is shot in I think essentially like two different areas, and that's about it. You have his house, mm. you have the bathroom, right. and you have like a few other shots of like di- like in different places. But that's it. Like it's just mm. those sets. Yeah. And um, that th- it's it's what I was trying to bring into as well. Um, the the idea of building sets for cinematography, 
like the physical sets versus CG versus what, how do you what do you place in the scene yeah. like practical effects practical yeah, effects yeah, yeah. stuff like that and um, mo- movies like that where it's just very one-off close shots you you can you can kind of just work around just not having anything there you just have mm-hmm. your lighting set you have yeah. you have all your 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 lenses set and mm-hmm. you just kind of work with it you 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 let the ca- characters move in that their, move in their the limited space exactly. yeah. But you know, more of these high big budget movies, like the the, the Blade Runners, for example, yeah. the Dunes, the 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 Marvel, the Marvel pieces, Good like all of those. It's it, I I find it fascinating how directors are able to visualize while just looking at a green screen or like a, a like a big blue environment. And for actors as well, to and immerse that. themselves in their roles. Exactly, like like to, like yeah. okay, th- this is a bad example, but I mean. Uh, Actually, no, this is a very good example. What's the name of the actor? Um, Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis yes. as Gollum. Yeah, I'm course. sorry, but Andy Serkis as Gollum in Lord of the Rings, mm. at the time in which that movie was made, yeah. it was like how the start the of hell? the millennium. Yeah, well. like, yeah. How the hell did he even understand Like that's how he was supposed to move, that's how he was supposed mm-hmm. to like I- imagine the environment yeah. that he was in? Because, I mean, most of that movie was also pretty much CG as well. Exactly. And at like, the time, like it stands up, it stands up to this day. Like, you know what? That's yeah. a really good thing that you just uh, mentioned that I think a lot of people don't take into account because when they think of acting they just think of you know like just people speaking yeah, or whatever but exactly. they don't realise that the people that play like you know like these aliens and yeah. characters that need like all these practical effects exactly like the, the things they have the um, perfect um, example is um, there's, there was this um, video on TikTok I don't know if you guys have seen it um, you know Planet of the Apes Yes, like yeah, the human Andy Serkis is in that as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Bro, like the guy, he had to literally be a human ape. He had to do all the movements yeah. exactly how an ape would do it. Exactly. And then they had to put all the thingies on him. They don't get, get their flowers, you know. They don't it's get crazy, flowers. like yeah. how realistic he had to do it. Like I, I, don't, I don't know how much of that is practical effects, though. You mentioned practical effects, right? I feel, I feel like that's a lot more tech based. Uh, no, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. the um, getting him to look like the character, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. making him act like because like he. Had, because <laughs> no, the only <laughs> thing that the computer had to do was make him look like Caesar. Everything else was acting. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the, the facial so expressions, like everything. Yeah, exactly. you're right. You're he right. could have, let's yeah. say, if he was a really bad actor, mm. he, he literally would have been like an ape that is human. Mm-hmm. Like an ape that walks around, fucking acts. It would have looked very weird. Yeah, but totally. he literally made this ape look, act like an ape. Yeah, real, like he, was an actual he, he was an yeah. ape that was able to think as a human. That's, exactly. that's what that's what the entire part exactly. of Caesar's part, character yeah. was. He was yeah. an ape. First and foremost, he was an ape, but he had the intelligence of a human. Yeah. Like, yeah, it takes exactly. a great actor. It's actually a great trilogy. It's, um, it's, it's by a director of the Batman yeah. as well, yeah. um, Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves. Um, but yeah, it's like a different form of acting because, mm-hmm. like, for a lot of normal films, they just fi- fixate on like facial expressions mm-hmm. and all yeah. that. Whereas this one's more about physicality. About physicality. Mm. It's about almost like movements. exactly. It's like almost like you're in um you're on stage in a play. Yeah. I'd say I'd say yeah. it's more similar to plays in, in that type of sense. It, 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 the the, the actors have a lot more freedom with their the way they move the way that like yeah. Because uh, with with movies like that, you also you don't really get that many close ups. Like it, yeah. it's almost always like bigger picture you shots. You have to see the action. Mm. Where you're 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 seeing the action. You're seeing something play out. You're seeing a character moving in an environment. Whereas like if it's people, for example, or like if people having a conversation. It, like, let's say this this podcast is being filmed right now. We'd we'd have a one one long shot camera that shows the entire thing, and then we'd have a lot of close ups for each of our faces. Mm. That that that's how it would work in almost any set that you'd have. But like w- these these bigger picture ones, like especially with the practical effects and like these big studio developments, it's it's crazy how they're able to like take fifty different takes and like still somehow connect them. You were mentioning um shaky cam, right? I really want to get into that. Oh shaky boy. cam, oh boy, <laughs> it's not a diss on action films, right? But it is a diss. Because, like as I said, mm. a lot of 
a lot of times shaky cams are used because the choreography is shit mm. and they don't want to show it mm. um which is why like for example someone like john wick i'm not the biggest fan of the franchise but like john wick it does use it does have incredible choreography mm. and all of that but but <laughs> <laughs> i think the best action films are asian that's my personal Ooh, opinion absolutely. i don't think it's absolutely. yeah it's not an opinion but it's a fact it's a fact <laughs> exactly and like i don't know if you've ever seen old boy it's on my it's on my account actually yeah. old boy it's a south korean film it has a one one take action sequence in a hallway uh-huh. that is genuinely one of the greatest things i've ever seen in my life i strongly recommend you to watch that film Shit. just to watch that sequence okay. it is incredible no definitely. um but yeah that film is is something very yeah. very fucked up what, what do you think is it, it is about an asian philo- film fil- filmography that is able to better accentuate or better express action i think it's the fact that a lot of Asian martial arts, they don't focus on necessarily harming the mm. person. They focus on aesthetics, they focus on movement, they focus mm. on cohesiveness. Okay. Like, they accentuate their movements a lot. And they're trying to think. just kill them straight away. Exactly. Like, it's almost like a performance. There's a performative yeah. element to a lot of Asian, not even just Chinese, which I'm familiar with, but like, with a lot of Asian martial arts, I feel like this sort of performance element... It's evasive element, almost, right? It's, exactly. Jackie Chan is the perfect mm. example of that. It's how, how do I how do I inflict damage without getting hit or necessarily ex- ex- yeah and like putting in like too much of a physical effort so I can continue to fight. He's constantly running yeah. away, but somehow he's always being dragged back in. Yeah, and it's just like a cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that's why Chinese martial arts or Asian martial arts translates so well into movies. Because mm-hmm. it, it all started with like, well, obviously uh, there were a lot of Asian martial arts films like Bruce Lee and all that. Mm-hmm. But I think how it first got into the mainstream was when like a Hong Kong martial arts director. He helped coordinate the Matrix, the stunts in the Matrix. Okay. I think that was where it kind of started, which obviously the Matrix is a legendary, oh, incredible, legendary yeah, film. Yeah. Um, and yeah, some of the sequences, you know, when he dodges the bullets mm. and all mm. that, like, I'll say the same for the last one, but continue. I've not even, I didn't even bother seeing no, it. No, was was everyone, everyone knew that it was, was a cash grab. I mean, yeah. Yeah. no one, no one really thought that was going to be, like, yeah, it is a bit Because, I mean, the, the way they ended that franchise as well, it, it made no sense for there to be another, another one. one. Yeah. Yeah. That story was done. Like, yeah. Yeah. the world, the world was explored. The world, yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's moved on. It's yeah, moved on. exactly. Um, we yeah. can we can get back to that um a bit for a few, uh, later into the podcast as well where the franchises it's, it's something that really like annoys me about cinematography nowadays but I wanted mm. to get back to the action thing, um, I think that, that I had an example in my mind of how Asian martial arts kind of had an influence on how certain films were made. Mm. Have you guys ever watched the original Pink Panther series like in the nineteen seventies eighties um where it's this uh, like Inspector Clouseau there's an actual Pink Panther diamond I think I know what scene you're talking about I, I think I've shown you a few yeah. clips of that and that um, particular one that exactly there's this one particular scene in um it's it's, it's a, that's also a franchise uh, yeah. mo- movie franchise I think the third movie I believe where the main character and his assistant he essentially has his assistant come and attack him at random times so he'd always be prepared. It's supposed to be a comedy bit. Okay. And um, the the assistant will randomly show up in his house without him knowing and then start a fight. And it's all just done in this one shot of this apartment right. from one camera angle. So the angle of the camera is kind of in the living room where you can see almost every room because oh, it's like basically a small space and it's like okay. there's no closed doors, it's all open doors. Yeah. And then each individual room also has like one camera set. So you're kind of moving right. around, like they're yeah. all, it's, 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 it's done in one take and you have like the assistant fighting the 
of the, the inspector and okay. with different weapons they're they're making sound effects you know, it's, it's a comedy movie yeah, so obviously yeah. it's going to be a really funny scene as well and they move around that entire apartment with these cameras set up and it's all done in one take mm. Sad. like the, the 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 sets being destroyed like it's an actual proper set like a house like every yeah. time they they fall everything every time something breaks like they're actually falling down they're yeah. actually getting hurt like like it's it's a level of it's a level of dedication that i think you only really see in like more Asian yeah. martial arts where it's, it's one take, you, it's, it's more organic, you actually see an actual thing being choreographed rather than just but, 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 shot, 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 100%. cut, cut, cut. Yeah. One it's take. very difficult. One take yeah. is just pure difficult. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly difficult. I think like recently two, two films that come to mind, um, was it 1917? 1917. Um, yeah, uh, obviously Deacons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one was maybe Birdman. I don't know if you've seen Birdman. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, obviously, those two films aren't mm. proper one takes, but yeah. yeah, when it comes to mind, like one take. I'll be honest, I didn't really understand Birdman. Oh, in I terms mean, of like the final message. Yeah. Or, yeah. I, mean, like, I, 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 I don't want to spoil it, but like yeah. it, it, it felt a bit convoluted to me. Like, like Fair. they were trying to sell something yeah. that really, like, it was, it was, they were trying too much. I don't know. I, that yeah. It was a very emotionally yeah, distressing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, may, maybe that. those films just don't sit well with me anymore. I watched that. I watched that too young, man. I think I cried when I left the cinema. I know a movie I watched too young. Requiem for a Dream. Oh, I wish bro, someone warned shit, me, man. I wish what someone warned me. What age do you watch me. this? Because I have to watch it. You watch bro. it at 13, mate. I watched that movie 13 yeah. years old, man. That Like, genuinely, yeah. I could not sleep for a week. No, mate. mate, Requiem for a Dream. I mean, I could, well, I could watch it now. Yeah, yeah now it would be fucked like, up about it. It would be slightly better now, but 13. Uh, That's there's remember. just so How many distressing okay? things. The story, the, the plot was so good that I just had to keep watching it. And then like, as I kept watching it, like, I was just, just getting more and more like, what the fuck is going on kind yeah. of thing. I think the way it creates tension so well was the quick cuts that you yeah. use. You know that repeating yeah. sequence mm-hmm. that I'm talking about with all the... Yeah. And they're quick cuts as well, like especially in the ending sequence. Yeah. I'm not gonna go into it, yeah, but where they pan to like yeah. the different characters and all yeah. that, like quick cuts like these really ramp up the attention in the drama. I, th- that that was that was another um part. Uh, even though that movie scars me to this day, that was another part of that movie I really like. Uh, they they had three essentially three separate characters yeah. going through their individual journeys, and like yeah. they all, all those journeys had a central theme. Obviously, mm. the misuse of drugs, mm. and um or not the misuse of drugs, or rather the 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 overuse of drugs i'd say or like yeah, the reliance on it and, and like Basically. and the effect that that has on each of their personal lives and like yeah. just whatever their environment is and you have like different characters with different lives essentially like you have you have a, you have a woman who's coming up in her 20s you have a man mm. who's coming up in his 20s but two very different perspectives you have a older mother type in, yeah. in, in, a, in like a ellen burstyn area. incredible exactly. one of the greatest actors of all time um yeah. and kind of going through not a middle age crisis, but rather just loneliness because there's no exactly. one in her life Going anymore. Exactly, yeah. and like her TV is her only companion, and then you have that relationship obviously exemplify and yeah. turn into something crazy with of with course. the drugs that she's on. Yeah. But like it, the way that movie is shot is just fascinating because they, they 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 convey like especially they use the lenses in that movie. Mm-hmm. Each character has a specific lens. lens yeah. Um, uh, the, the, I can't remember the the the, the, the female actress's name. She's Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. Jennifer Connelly has a I think a reddish hue on almost all of her yeah. scenes. Jared Leto has more of a natural bluish kind of hue, yeah. and then you have 
the darker hue with the grandma. Yeah, and it all gets progressively darker. Exactly, as the film exactly. Goes on. With yeah. Like, which is fine. Like th- th- those tiny cues that like yeah. filmers or, or like people who fi- like make these movies are able to use. It just yeah. conveys stories so much more organically rather than just in yeah. your face. Exactly. Like they just want you to pick up on like the little things. Yeah, so subtle as well. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. people don't really. They can't fully clock it when they first see it. Obviously, if you watch it the third time, maybe mm. pick up. But like, yeah. when you first see it, you just like, it affects your mood, but you don't really know why. And it's these little subtle tweaks, mm-hmm. you know. And like, the way you said about Hughes is very nice because, like, looking back to colors, for example, yeah. a lot of directors use colors to represent characters, you know. Especially in films where there's quite a lot of characters, there's mm-hmm. quite a lot of things going on. Yeah. Having these things to differentiate between each character is like, it's these visual cues that helps move the story along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? I was just thinking of something like the reason why I th- I, th- I feel like it's so difficult for people to understand movies is because I'm thinking of like the most recent movie slash book combination, and I think it was in school. A streetcar named Desire. If you guys seen it already? Streetcar named Desire. Yeah. Very Have very classic. Yeah. yeah. Like I remember we read it and then we watched it. So it's like I think when there's like a book to go along with it. Yeah, it feels like you're inside like the director's head in a way, because like you pick up on everything. Yeah, because like when they sit down, you know they're not they're not just sitting down. He's sitting down to drown in his I don't know tears or whatever. Yeah, and when he looks that way, it's because he's thinking about this moment, and then all the colors, everything is explained in such mm. a very yeah. you know progressive way. Everything is just out there. You basically have like a blueprint for it. Exactly. Whereas when we watch movies that you know just movies, no books, yeah, an original like creation, yeah. you you can't really you don't have time to focus on all those little things. Right. So yeah. it's like the only things that you can like pick up on are the things that you see because yeah. it's it's just progressive. It's not a thing where you know what's gonna happen next. You know there's gonna be the scene. It's gonna be blue chairs and then pink tables and then this is gonna happen. Yeah. So I think that's what makes movies so special because it's like it's gonna happen once and it's you're either gonna see it or you're yeah. not. Rest for a book, you can always, you know, go back to it go back and then to come it, exactly. back. Yeah. You know th- what's going to happen, even if you do watch it, because it's all laid out there. But for movies, like, it's either you see it or you don't. So y- you have to watch it over and over and over again just mm. to realize, like, two, three things. Exactly. Um, I'm going to segue a bit and ask a bit more of a deep question. I, th- yeah. I don't know if it's deep or it's just going to come off as stupid. But, um, no, no. Is this are, are, are there, are there, I, I guess, I guess. Sh- are there, are there it's a stupid question. <laughs> I think I think I've had a few stupid questions <laughs> in my time. I'll be honest. Yeah. I think, I think everyone has. We've all been yeah. there. Yeah. Exactly. You've, you've asked something so dumb that you just think like, "Come on." But no. What I the, on a more serious note, what I wanted to ask was, um, how has cinema affected like your life? Like, what what has it done to improve your mood? For example, like if let's say for example, like I I I I for example will watch a movie when I'm sad that like will make okay. me s- cheer up. Like uh, that, yeah. th- that's that's kind of like what I wanted to bring this episode more into, like the effect cinematography has on your mood or your okay. mental health, for example, yeah. and yeah. like the correlation back in play. So yeah. th- w- how how is that applied in your personal lives? I mean, for me, the way I watch movies, I don't really use it like in, as a way to like relieve stress or okay. whatnot. It's more a way to detach from reality. Okay. Because. Mm. What I love about movies and why I prefer films instead of shows is like it only takes maybe two, three hours of your time, like yeah. usually two hours, whereas a show is yeah. such a long term commitment. So, like, you detach yourself of reality. Yeah. In those two hours or three hours, you're immersed in that world. And after that, okay, if it's incredible, then you're still like, you're still in it. But, like, most of the time, you can just like get back to normal, go back to it. 
But in those two or three hours, magic happens, you know what I mean? You learn about different cultures, you learn about yeah. all these incredible portrayals of stuff you've never heard of before, mm -hmm. you know? And like, you see such creative visions being executed. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful experience. In those two or two, three hours, you can just like, lose everything you know about yourself in the world. Just, yeah. just be in that moment. I think that's beautiful, personally. Yeah. Yeah. So, so a detachment from reality then, like, why, why do you think we would need that? Or what, what, is, what does cinema do to provide that for you? Like, like, any specific examples, you know, where you've watched a movie and then, like, for the next week, you've just been thinking, how did they manage to create that scene? Or, like, or what, what was their idea behind it? I mean, I'm still thinking of that film. My most recent film I've watched is, um, yeah, I'll talk about that because it's the most applicable one. Uh, Bo is Afraid by Ari Aster. I don't know if you've seen any of Ari Aster's movies. I don't believe I have. Uh, yeah, he is. But I will be after after this, from the looks of it. The, <laughs> lead, the lead is Joaquin Phoenix as well. The lead so is Joaquin Phoenix, that, that's yeah. A, um, basically, he's like one of the greatest horror directors mm. of our times, and the things that he comes up with are just mm. ridiculous. They're just like, I just kept saying, like, what the fuck is going on when I watched this film? The creative genius. Exactly, do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's like, stuff like that, just, that just makes you appreciate it. Ari Aster did um, Hereditary as well. Hereditary right? and Midsommar. Oh, Hereditary, yeah. that, yeah. that was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Midsommar, oh, that, that movie. The, oh, the, the, oof. That's yeah. something else. I could talk about that for hours. That, that, yeah. I wouldn't say it scarred me, because, I mean, it was one of the lighter Ari Aster movies in terms of, like, Yeah, I wouldn't say it was as terrifying. Yeah, as yeah but it yeah. definitely was something. No, but I'm Flo Florence Pugh in that movie as well. Florence Pugh in general. She's on a roll. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can shoot a horror movie in the day, like exactly throughout the whole yeah, time, it's, like, it's exactly. just sunlight, and that then is you're just still bright able to sunlight exactly. Well. Like you, you normally associate you know horror or different. that with yeah. darker and colors, can, like, and it's just do that. It's like subverting and still convey the meaning across. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. That that, that the, those applications of like the, when you're able to use a medium and then portray that medium in a completely different new light. Yeah. Th those 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 are the things that really stand out because I mean I was I was mentioning how I wanted to talk about franchises and the um the my dislike towards the the way that Hollywood or just yeah we were talking about the Matrix films yeah yeah, yeah yeah in general how we're g moving into this franchise yeah. era I mean Fast Ten for example come on man like I mean <laughs> no, <so that laughs> I used to eat that shit up when I was no a kid, like. absolutely <laughs> I, I, like the, the, but it's I feel like it's taking away from the the, the, the true objective of what mm. cinema always is meant oh, to be, yeah. right? To, to wow audiences. To, yeah. to, to ex exactly, detach from reality. Like, yeah. and but then again, I think, like, what you're saying, you guys are both, I think that's, you guys are both right, basically. You're just explaining, like, two different sides to this. You're right, on one hand, it doesn't really take, like, I don't know, I don't know, the most, the best acting possible to fucking drive a car around yeah. And fucking fly out of the car, <laughs> jump back into the car, take the car to space, turn the car into a fucking Literally. Optimus Prime. <laughs> it doesn't require that much yeah. you know, energy and effort. But at the same time, like you were saying, like these movies aren't really there for you to go out to pick out the best acting. Yeah. You just go watch it because it's fucking Fast and Furious. Like that's exactly. true. You're I not mean, really I hoping to see anything crazy. Like you already know what you're getting into. Say what you will about that Transformers series. That, that, that those movies are fun to fucking watch. Yeah. Exactly. They're fun <laughs> you to just watch. said because how stupid they are. They genuinely <laughs> are fun to watch. And Megan Fox. <laughs> and oh, I'm Megan Fox. Megan. Well, let's not get into that. Let's not get into that. Um, Megan who now? 
<laughs> but I mean, context is quite important when mm. you perceive like franchises. Mm. As I said, like their underlying aim is just different. You can't compare. It's uh, a money making machine. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's meant to be. And when a studio pumps like two hundred million dollars to make the blockbuster, mm. sorry to cut you off, brother. Um, when a studio <laughs> pumps like, <laughs> like two hundred million dollars, they expect something in return. Yeah. Like it's com- you can't expect that from like an indie film when exactly. you spend two million dollars exactly. into it. But so I'm, I'm I'm glad I'm glad yeah. you we're able to get more of these um like not not unique pieces uh, that that's the yeah. right way to put it unique pieces where they get incredibly high budgets and they're allowed to just roll with it. Like yeah. I mean, Dune would could not have been Dune if the studio didn't back them. Because yeah, that movie, I'll be honest with you, is a bore fest. There's nothing that really happens. There's yeah. the, like the, the the story probably progresses about. Three percent in reality to what happened. It was very much like a world construction. Exactly, like it was. It was literally an introductory chapter yeah. that mm-hmm. cost the studio about two fifty million to make. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. that was a risk that they actually took, which made me so happy because I respect it. I mean, that I, I I can talk for hours about Dune, but I'm not going yeah. to. But uh, we could make a whole podcast. <laughs> about literally, yeah. no. I've 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 rewatched that movie so many times that I can yeah. pick out so many details from it. But it's. Th- I'm I'm glad that we're even if we are going into this era of high budget, let's get money back. We're we're still kind of subverting diverting back into yeah. the idea that you can you have to also make something that's meaningful, yeah, like Avatar, exactly. for example, yeah. like crazy high budget. But even the new one, Way of Water, actually a pretty good story. Like I'd say even better than the original one. Yeah. Like this visually story, stunning, visually as well. stunning I as think well. It's absolutely, really yeah. You know what? I think that with these. Um, movies and all like the different genres i think it's a good thing in a way yeah because if you think about it it's kind of like with music not everyone's gonna listen to the same genre of music mm, of course i like rap i like i mean i literally listen to everything yes including metal yes i said metal Terrible. there we go no judge crucify me whoever's listening to this <laughs> but yeah it's like not everyone's gonna like everyone's got their own taste palette so it's like you can't really for me like good acting is the type of shit that we've I guess all agreed on that yeah. makes you feel a certain type of way mm-hmm. yeah. but those movies like tend to be like indie movies like not really big high budget it's just acting like the whole thing mm. it's not about the budget it's literally just the actors bringing the characters to life yeah but for like a I don't know a 14 15 year old that runs around playing with those action figures all day they're not gonna give two shits about that that's what I'm saying they're yeah. just gonna want to see shit blow up guys yeah, flying around going to space coming back turning into different that's that's what they want to see mm-hmm. basically so they're trying to cater to all these different audiences yeah. and to make a lot of money off it so one it. one media form is able to, to to convey or at least provide entertainment to that much of a variety of people i, I think basically. that's bad there's there's not much that can do that i mean exactly. books for example be, uh, everyone can read books but like yeah. it's not it's still not like universally acceptable like i mean like uh, you, you're not going to see like a 40 year old man read a nursery rhyme book right i mean they, they, you could <laughs> no, one, no one's judging no one's <laughs> judging judge but i mean it, you don't really see that ha- happen whereas i mean like <laughs> my my i don't know my my uncle for example um like he 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 really liked watching tom and jerry with us honestly i would watch tom and jerry any day exactly it's a children's show but it's still applicable to any audience if you really want to be yeah and that, that, that I, I, I like that about um, cinema, like just cinema in general, because you're able to apply so much to so much. You, like, yeah. uh, no, apply so little to so much. Like, yeah. just one concept or one, one very simple idea that you just bring forward can be watched by anybody. Charlie Chaplin, like, that, that's going all the way Comics. back to the beginning. Yeah. 
everyone like even to this day if, if you mm. showed me a, a clip of one of those Charlie Chaplin specials where he like falls from a building and then like gets racketeered up by some by some pole or some stick exactly. like it's, it's still entertaining to watch it's still timeless exactly and that's the Mr. thing about Bean. yeah yeah Mr. Mr. Bean, Bean of course, of course. Oh. <laughs> classic Rowan Atkinson what do you think no it's the thing about like creative mediums it's like different people have so many different interpretations of it mm. and going back to like for example like with the movie and Earth and like mainstream films that actually have a lot of production value is like like this is going to sound a bit pessimistic but <laughs> I'd say Villeneuve is very very rare I think the only people who could do this is him and Christopher Nolan oh absolutely he's, he's a diamond in the haystack yeah like uh, these two are the only right. ones who <laughs> achieve this sort of status that they basically studios who just give them however mm. fucking much they want to make whatever fucking shit they want mm. like that is the only because like Nolan had his commercial failure with Tenet it made like maybe a ten of yeah. the budget well obviously COVID played a part mm. and June let's be real they're not doing very well at the office as, as you said there's not a lot going on exactly but you know the fact that they still managed to make you know Doom Part 2 and Nolan's making another massive mm-hmm. budget film it's just rare and that's why you need like a studio like like A twenty four for example. A twenty four. Yeah, A twenty four. I think Roadshow is also really good. Of course, yeah. yeah. So like studios like these, they're gonna be the future of what we want to see, mm-hmm. because realistically, there's no other studio out there mm-hmm. who'd give Ariaster. Fox Searchlight also is doing a yeah. pretty decent job recently. Yeah. Uh, to be, I think, I think the to be fair, there's there, there's a, there are a lot of Searchlight films that I that I appreciate, but there's one in specific that comes to mind to me. You guys watch Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Such an incredible Martin movie. Martin Sarah Shirt. Such a Sarah Sharon. Yeah. She, she was my crush. I don't think she was Sarah in that Sarah Sharon. Sharon. No. Yeah. So this, it's, um, it was uh, Francis McDormand. Yeah, Francis McDormand. It was like about... Uh, oh, I'm yeah. thinking of the other one. Something it has Woody Harrelson. There's a cop in it. Yeah. And, uh, it was about a mother trying to find her... Um, no, I've seen that, but I was thinking of Sarah Sharon. Sir Ronan. She is a very great, great actress. To be fair, great I'm actress. I'm trying to. I, I think no, I know which I remember movie after I saw it, I watched like an interview with her, so I'm getting the two. <laughs> like Ronan. Is that Lady, Lady Bird? Lady Bird. Yeah, yeah, she was in Lady Bird. Yeah. She was in Little Women. Little Women. Yeah. That's the one. A lot of different. But yeah, three billboards is also a good movie. No, but you the bringing that point back to the studios, I feel like that's a very important segue, kind of yeah. like to just to, to summarize what we've been talking about. It, it is it is incredibly important that that studios are giving more light to directors. But you exactly. you mentioned you mentioned Denis Villeneuve, you mentioned Christopher Nolan. Are there up and coming directors that you're fascinated by? Really great. Spill some knowledge. Ooh. That's a tough one. I've been really liking Robert Eggers. Okay. Um, he's uh, he does a bit of horror, mm-hmm. like him and Ari Aster, who I mentioned. I think this genre is really it's really piqued my interest because they don't really make traditional conventional horror with like jump scares and all that they focus a lot on um the creating of tension and the sustaining of the atmosphere throughout the entire film like that is what makes a film scary or not scary depends on how you see it it's more psychological Mm. more than actual like body or like you know traditional Mm. horror and all that and what's more important is that their cinematography is fucking sensational mm. and like <coughs> we've seen like hereditary for example mm. i think ariasa uses polish c- cine- cinematographer but um their attention to detail is immaculate mm. like for example robert eggers made a film called the lighthouse in 2019 oh yes yeah with robert exactly yeah. and it uses completely like period correct mm. all the furniture all the equipment everything it's all period correct Stuff like that, and obviously I could talk about the lighthouse all day. They use a very interesting film ratio, 
um, and all that black and white. <coughs> was it um fourteen by six? But no, it was it was it was in a cube. That's yeah, all that I know. Yeah. It was in a cube. Yeah. It was like in the plastic twenties or like Proper, forty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this genre of like I call it neo horror in terms of mm. it's not really your traditional ghost stories or whatnot. Mm. It's more there's more of a psychological element about mm. it, and it is just a beautiful work of art to watch. Because when you associate horror, you usually think about these tacky, cheap, mm. you know, stupid movies that a bunch of friends just watch together, have a laugh about to scream. Well, no. Scream's incredible. Well, I mean, Scream <laughs> is incredible. Um, but I mean, Scream isn't like people screaming. <laughs> and all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like yeah. horror has always been a genre that's been overlooked by mm. a lot of film critics or whatnot, and it's like they're bringing they're making a horror an art. I form. think the problem with that is. It's because the acting has been historically shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> in horror movies, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, like you don't go to watch horror movies for the acting, just to see the characters again. It's like that's all they focus on. Exactly. You're there, now you're gonna die. Like, yeah. Nothing. That's what separates really good horror movies from like so normal horror movies. In that genre, what you're saying is you're appreciating the fact that you were moving away from the olden day tropes and into exactly. something that's more. You're making horror an art form. Yeah. I think that's quite difficult. Yeah. You're redefining a genre. Yeah. Um, what's what's the name of the um the there, there's the, the the guy who directed the Conjuring parts and also some of the Fast and Furious movies. Um, he's an Asian bloke, isn't he? Yeah, Singaporean guy. Yeah, uh, I forgot his exact name. Not evil guy. Something like Han or Tan or something. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want to get it wrong. Wan? So I'm not gonna. I'm not sure. Yeah, but he, he I, James I, I, Wan. I think James, it's James Wong. Wan. Yeah, there you mm. go. Yes, that's perfect. Uh, he he's one of those fil- um, filmographers I thought that was gonna be doing something interesting in the horror space because yeah. not not the Conjuring specifically, but there's there's some other movie of his that I remember watching that um, was w- one of his like low budget indie movies that kind of got him into mm. the scene with mm. horror as well, where it wasn't um, necessarily what you were talking about, where it was more like genre changing. It was rather he used jump scares in a very unique way that yeah. I hadn't seen before, which I yeah. thought would be introduced later on into the Conjuring movies, but we didn't really get that there, maybe because of the budget, maybe because of the studio restrictions, I don't know. But, I don't know, horror in, in general is a genre I feel that has like a lot of space you can work A lot with. of potential. Like, especially yeah. right now, because it, it, with horror, it's, it's, there's like, you, you have yeah. the, the Blair Witch Project type movies, yeah. you have the Paranormal. Which is a great film, Blair Witch Project, movie, Terri- yeah. terrifying Exactly, film. but... I, I like that we're deviating more into more of these mindfuck movies yeah. where it's rather than just like ooh ghost wow it's, yeah. it's like actual like concepts that bring real fear into exactly. our lives you like, want something that you haven't seen before basically. exactly because like that's what horror is at the end of the day right yeah. fear instilling it doesn't have to come from an, a, a, a supernatural qu- stance from, for example course, it can come yeah. from your own brain it can come from your own family it can come from like it can come from anything there you go. I, I like that we're transitioning into that, but yeah, cool. th- we we've talked about aspiring director, like the up and coming directors. What do you think? What do you think cinematography is going to look like in the next five years, and just film in general? Oh, it's a hard one. I'm not going to lie with how rapidly technology's advancing. I mean, that's going to play a massive role. Like you could see some crazy fucking images that you wouldn't even have thought were possible. How I mean, is AI going to impact them? Yeah, oh, there's that shit. as well. <laughs> like, I, 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 was, I was thinking about this for, for quite a while, you yeah. know, like, I mean... You know what? This is perfect for this. I know I cut you off, but... No, I think I'm not going what, No, because you made a really good point there that I think... It's kind of scary, but I think it might actually end up happening. I think we might be entering into, like, a new age of, like, storytelling <coughs> movie making. Yeah. Because there's this app that I've been using. I, c- I don't know how to pronounce it, but Kaiba or Kaiba. Okay. So you type in whatever you want, and it creates some like videos for you. Right. And I think the max you can do is like 
five or ten minutes. Okay. I mean, the longer it is, the more it's gonna cost you. Yeah. But but it's literally yeah. twenty twenty three, and you can do stuff like that. You can literally create an entire story. So you're, you're, you're able to yeah. give a prompt, yeah. and exactly. AI is able to generate, generate like an yeah. actual yeah. piece. Of it's really crazy, bro. Like. And what what's what's in it? Is it, is it like like is like actual scenes? Like or is it is it CG? Like w- 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 what is it producing? It produces literally whatever. It's it's like. Um, so if I say like I want I want Woody doing a backflip, it's gonna it's gonna give me Woody doing a backflip. I mean, I haven't like tried out a real mm-hmm. person or character yeah. or whatever, yeah, yeah. but I feel like it will do it. So it's like you type in whatever you want, and it basically draws on all the knowledge it has, everything it's learned. It just creates the thing that will fit exactly what it is that you're, ser- you're yeah. seeking. Okay. And it gets it right every single time. So what I'm thinking That's is, crazy. in the next, maybe not 10, 20, but the next 100 years, yeah. I think people are going to be able to do that. They're just going to type in stuff, and, and the AI is going to create a movie for them. That's what I'm saying, yeah. It it's is endless terrifying. content. It is so terrifying, yeah. Because even with like a lot of recent films recently, they've been using like de-aging processes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stuff like that, it's just that, 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 it's kind of scary honest, when no, you come to think about mm, it. The de-aging process thing is wild, man. Yeah. The fact that you're able to to be able to do that, the level at which they do it as well. I mean, yeah. what, what's what's one that's uh, that was it's done the, recently? Um, the Will Smith movie. Yeah, the Will yeah. Smith movie. Fucking, yeah. yeah. I forgot what it's called. I that one was pretty. I mean, it was really good, but you could tell it was fake. Yeah, yeah. but it was still really the, good. There's, there's a recent one as well, right? Um, oh, even Scorsese used it. Scorsese, yeah, yeah, the Scorsese. Irishman. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Of. Robert yeah. De Niro. He he yeah, makes like when you see him aging, it's just so weird. Yeah, like it's having seen him bizarre. my entire life and then seeing him aging, like it, it felt like they genuinely filmed this over 20 years. Yeah, yeah. like well, that, that's yeah. what it felt like. And no, they were able to convey a story freaky. that well. Mm. The use of just techn- technology. It, it, there's there's a, there's a lot of spaces where I feel cinematography can go to. Yeah, and I mean I know I know we've. You always have this concern that, like, once story, like the amount of stories that have been told, is there really a, a new way in which you can do this unique? But I, I, I don't view it that way at all. I feel like that's the challenge that that makes it more interesting. The fact that there's already, like, as the medium gets bigger and bigger, and the, mm. the diary becomes bigger and bigger, standing out in the diary is going to take a lot more effort. And I feel like that's that's what we're transition transitioning into. Because if you want to stand out now, because yeah. you have the formulaic pieces, they're always going to yeah, exist, yeah. but. Keeping alive that other section of cinematography or mm-hmm. film that advances the the medium itself—that's mm-hmm. what the important thing is. When that that that's what I was trying to like segue into with the formulaic yeah. franchise yeah. thing. And that's my concern. As we get into more of this f- consumption of fast media, yeah. where yeah. we just want one format, we want it yeah. quick, we want it instant, we want it every two months, a new Marvel movie pumped out, yeah. like kind of thing. Mm. How much money is going into that, and how much money is going into things that are actually going to change the way we exactly. perceive film? Do you know what I think? I think there's like two ways of looking at this. I mean, I think this is our issue with pretty much everything that there is. You can either do the same thing, like the way everyone else does it, but in a very like nuanced, a really rich and you know captivating way. Okay. Or you can do something completely different. Perfect example examples. Ah, uh, I can't fucking speak. Perfect. <laughs> I haven't eaten, bro. I had four melted meals, so hence why. <laughs> Malted milk to go to Tesco. Yeah, Tesco so biscuit, by the way. <laughs> yes. We got this. Perfect yes. examples of this. First movie, like, well, not movie, like movies, like the, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series and then okay. Halloween and stuff like that. Those movies, they're very, you know, I guess, stereotypical, you know, like thriller slash whatever you want to call yeah. them, or screen or whatever. And then you have movies like, have you guys seen X? It's yes. got Kid Cudi in it. Have yeah, you seen yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. You've not seen X or Pearl. Really good, bro. Yeah. 
you have stuff like that it's like it's yeah. a new movie but it genuinely it felt good. like it was shot in the 80s like yeah okay. it was ridiculously crazy and the whole story just wasn't making sense like, i strongly recommend you to watch it very it's actually a great film it's a really good film yeah it's gonna be a trilogy it's very weird yeah you have stuff like it's something very new like it brings like a i don't know something I guess that the genre has been missing. So you're saying, so you're saying this will still always exist, even though yeah. we have like the the formulaic shit pumped out. Yeah. With no, no one's there'll always be yeah. creative people. That's yeah, why exactly. And like at the end yeah. of the day, like all you really need for like a creative person is to have someone to back them and exactly. give them a budget. And yeah. there's always going to be people who want that into into that come into the world as well, exactly. right? So, so I, I'm still keeping my faith. Yeah. yeah. There's there's a lot of people who've been very pessimistic about mm-hmm. the future of the film industry. Mm-hmm. No, so when when yeah. when the advent of um, Netflix and that kind yeah, of stuff oh, came yeah. in. I, I, exactly. I, I got quite concerned that the beauty mm-hmm. of cinema was going to disappear, yeah. but it still hasn't. I mean, mm-hmm. cinema is still kicking on as as it always is. Yeah. And uh, like these these uh, the 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 other forms of media we consume, Netflix, Disney, like these subscription based things, they exist, but they don't really hinder our cinema capabilities. Mm-hmm. Like people still do want to go and watch movies. It's an atmosphere. Like it's the whole experience. And yeah. that, the, the concern I had was, oh, people are going to be like, no, I'm not going to go watch it in a theater. I'll just wait for it to come on my yeah. my subscription. But even then, like. You're I don't actually think that's a bad thing. Exactly, you're yeah. still able to monetize a lot of ads. You're still able to yeah. monetize a lot of like subscriptions. It's yeah. it's it's not the be all end all is what I like. I, that was my exactly. concern. I was one of those pessimists, but I, yeah. I think I'm slowly being turned around to it. Which is it's like creativity is always trying to be victim as well. It's one of those things we'll never get. It's kind of like with um, let's say cars because I'm really into cars. Oh swear. Yeah. This could well, be an, uh, <laughs> a big podcast. I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm into cars as an owner. Like you know, get fucking a billion supercars whatever but I'm into like the tech okay like whenever I watch a video I always watch like zoom in well fast forward to the infotainment bit I'm and not gonna lie when you look. first said cars I thought you were talking about the Pixar <laughs> 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 oh, I love that nah, too cars I too was, bro I was ready I was ready you to talk about it in yeah, Japan, right. Right. that was my childhood core childhood my favourite bit was when he got flashed no pun intended guys he literally got flashed so that's that but yeah ka-chow like I was saying, my train of thought is coming back. Yeah, it's coming back. It's coming back. So it's kind of like the way the it's going right now, like the scene in the um, automotive industry. Okay. Like you know how everyone's leaning towards like you know electric cars, yeah. more efficient stuff like that. Yeah. But the thing is, let's say in the next twenty, I think it's by twenty fifty or whatever, when they want every or at least fifty, sixty, whatever to percent be electric. cars to be electric. Yeah. The thing is. Even if that happens, no, actually, because that's gonna happen. Yeah, it is gonna happen. Yeah, that's what's gonna lead in like a spike in demand for like these cars. Yeah, because these cars carry electricity with like these. They've been around our whole lives. Exactly. So that's the same with this. The Mustang's never so gonna go away. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I understand what you're trying to they say. They do have so an like electric Mustang. Netflix yeah, um, yeah. might be there, might be taking everything, but it's like because there's gonna be well, there's already so many different ways. You've got Amazon Prime. Yeah. You've got Disney Plus. That's, that's why there's going to be a demand for something that's old, that's got history, that's yeah. not just fucking pumping content. There's some good stuff coming out from these streaming services. The thing is, like, well. yeah, I was going to say, because I wanted to defend, out. well, not defend, but clarify, because Netflix, obviously 99% of what they produce is pretty much hot garbage, but... They there's, there's that one percent. They have funded, like for example, the Irishman was funded by Netflix. Yeah, Apple TV is doing a fantastic yeah, job. Yeah, exactly. Apple TV funding Scorsese's new film as well. So like, <coughs> I wouldn't say they are the worst culprits in that type of sense. Because mm. like, I'm not saying it in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the ninety nine percent of shit they yeah. do, they, there's the one percent which is yeah. fucking mm. incredible. Yeah. But I think it's mainly the consumer culture that's yeah. been generated. I think yeah. that's the biggest yeah. culprit. I think yeah. 
it'll be fine. We just need to, I guess, adapt to it. Because exactly. things are going to change. We are exactly. going to wake up one day yeah. and fucking, you're just going to be clapping your fingers or your hands and then the movie will just suddenly come down and rain on you or whatever. But we just have to realise that things like the cinema, yeah. we can't just get rid of it. Exactly. You know, let's keep it. Let's, I, I like the cinema. Let's keep the cinema. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Keep the cinema? Absolutely. <laughs> 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 Anyways, thank you for being our first ever guest, Toby. It was, um, it was a wonderful having you on. Hope you enjoyed it. It was my uh, it Hope was my the honor. listeners did as well. Uh, yeah, that was the second ever episode of Smokeless Sundays. Stay tuned for the next one coming in two weeks or a week. I don't know. We'll decide. Soon. <laughs> in a bit. Soon. <laughs> All right.